Acts 15, 36. Some time later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. That means brothers and sisters, by the way, believers. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is the word of the Lord. So um, I might... Um, get you guys to keep that spot open and I'm going to have a little cooking lesson. Now, we we had some friends of ours over oh, a couple of weeks ago now from, um, well, they're, they're Australian. Um, she's from Victoria, I think, and he's from Queensland. I got to know Mike uh, as, uh, as, a, as a young fellow. He worked with Scripture Union up at Surface Paradise doing the before the Red Frogs, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Red Frogs, it was uh, ministry to uh, kids, finished high school, they'd go to Surface Paradise and just run amok and have fun, all right? It's schoolies week. And I remember meeting Mike all but there. And um, Mike always had a heart for mission, and he ended up getting called by God to not only marry, but to be sent to Mexico, Mexico, of all places. To, uh, to minister with a group called Christian Surfers. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Christian Surfers. The name speaks for itself. <laughs> they get together and surf and make disciples. And there's actually a work happening down at um, Cowes at, at uh, Phillip Island. And so they were down visiting um, people and friends and their sending church, which is somewhere near the city, and wanted to catch up. So Mike, Mike and Vanessa and their, their group came over and had a cup of tea with me. Sonia was at work. And so I got to catch up with them. And Mike shared this uh, cooking illustration with me, and I thought it was fantastic. He said to me, Ian, I said to him, first of all, I said to him, how's it been coming from Mexico and mission work back to Australia and this culture? Because you know what it's like to go to another country and you experience something called culture shock because they speak different, they look different, they drive maybe on the other side of the road, they function differently. McDonald's might be called Mickey D's instead of Macca's and everything's kind of a little bit different. And after a while, it takes, it, it, it's easier for you, but initially it's a bit of a shock. And that's the same too. If you've spent a considerable time overseas somewhere and then come back to Australia, there can be that kind of shock as well. And often there's disappointment. Yeah. Anyway, I said to him, what did you, how did you experience that when you came back to Australia? And he said, well, um, no, not too bad. Although I did notice that um, in Australia, the churches are more like a restaurant than they are a cooking class. They're more like a restaurant than they are a cooking class. You know what you do at a restaurant? You go there, you're seated somewhere, you're served by somebody else, they feed you, you just get whatever you want, and you pay them money, and then you go. And that's what happens in church sometimes. And if you're not, if you're not happy with the food that they're dishing up for you, where do you go next time? To another restaurant. 
And it's sad, isn't it? But it's, the illustration's there. But if it's a cooking class, guess who's responsible for what they eat? You, because you're signing up for a class and you're getting taught what it means to make food and what it's all about. And then you can go and share that food with somebody else and make them happy and maybe start your own cooking class somewhere. And You know, it's a great illustration. And I thought I'd do a cooking class with you today. Um, it's really nothing to do with missions at all, but it's more to do with disappointment and disagreement. Or not disappointment, disagreement. So the message title tonight is called Right. Right. This is a, in our passage today, we looked at Paul and Barnabas, and they have a disagreement. You know what it takes to make a disagreement? I'm going to teach you. Everyone ready? At cooking class today? All right. First of all, we need, we need a pot, and we need at least two people to fit into this pot. And, and then, yep, two people, that's all it takes. And make it a little bit hot by putting some mustard in, maybe, maybe some kind of situation that spices things up. And then all you need is time. And you stir that together, two people, a bit of heat and some time, and what happens? Voila. Look, disappointment, disagreement, relationship struggles. I often, um, I try to, whenever I marry people, um, when I marry husbands, you know, other people, when I officiate the marriage, I, I say to the marrying couple, I'd like to actually go through with you a six-week course, or maybe it's eight weeks, depend on, depends on what sort of material they want to cover. But it's material that helps them to communicate. And whenever that situation comes up of disagreement, they're ready with some tools. Because it's always going to happen. You put two people together. In fact, sometimes it just takes one person. You can disagree with yourself if, you, if, it's, if it's hot enough and if you've got enough time. But um, yeah, two people together and there's a disagreement. And often what we try and do is we find out, and I don't know, look, this might hit a bone or a nerve, but you know, you might have, some people here might have grown up in a family where you've seen your parents disagree and maybe it got heated. Maybe it did. Maybe it got heated. And what happens when it gets heated, maybe then it can go to another level and there could be like name calling. You know, you're blaming the other person for something. And then it might even get to another level. You know, this last week we've been experiencing domestic violence week. And it started off with a march, not last Friday, the Friday before. Just to bring to mind in people's minds the, the, the facts that they're out there, that the domestic violence is a very real thing. But violence is a very real thing too. And sometimes disagreements can lead to that. In fact, it can go further than that. And you can just look at world history and see how many wars started. No war started with an agreement. Ever. It's always been a disagreement. So we want to try and find out who's right, don't we? Who's right in this, in this discussion, in this disagreement? Who's right? So here's this disagreement we've got between Paul and Barnabas. And it's kind of really sad because you think of all people, they wouldn't have a disagreement. And you'd think that of yourself too. Here's Paul and Barnabas, spirit-filled, spirit-led representatives of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ having a Barney with each other. And it's not about sin. It's not about actually like some kind of 
you know, horrible situation that's happened, it, it, it seems to be a little bit petty. And isn't that the same with us? It's like sometimes we can have these kinds of disagreements, either minor ones, medium ones, or major ones. Sometimes we turn the minor ones into major ones. I know I've got a bit of a habit of doing that when it comes to stacking the dishwasher. I'm just being real. I'm being honest, you know. I'll be the vulnerable one in the room tonight. I, I'm picky. I have, a, I have a way of stacking dishes. I used to be a dishwasher when I was a young fella. I used to do dishes, and that's just the way I was taught. And so that's the way you should do it. And then when it's not done that way, and I tell people, this is actually, no, you're doing it wrong. You should do it like this. And apparently, that's not the right thing to, not the right way to say it. And so disagreements can come that way. Little petty things, like don't roll up the toothpaste, squeeze it. Or, you know, you know those things, like pick up your underwear and put them away, you know, that sort of petty sort of minor stuff. And then there's medium stuff, which is like, it's coming up to Christmas time. Whose family do we go visit? How, how much time do we spend there? Do we spend more time with this side of the family than this side of the family? You know, what, what, what do we agree on there? There's this kind of medium-sized uh, disagreements. And then there's major disagreements, which is like, you know, let's just separate for a time. It's, it's, we just can't, we can't cohabitate right now in this situation. And this is where we find Paul and Barnabas. They actually have such a heated discussion their words with each other are so sharp that they parted company. Verse 39 says, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. We all have disagreements, don't we? We're all human. We all have situations that come our way that are a little bit tense and it's hard to, to cope and manage. And we all want to know who's right. So I'm going it's, to, it's, so we had an election yesterday, so we're going to have an election today. Are you ready for the election today? <laughs> we are going to have an election on who's right. Is it Barnabas or is it Paul? Let's do it. Before looking at the facts, who's team Barnabas? Who's siding with Barnabas? Okay. All right. Who's siding with Paul? Don't look at the facts yet. <laughs> oh, who's not sure? Yeah. The pastor always asks me quick. Who's at fault? Is that what you're asking? Who's right? Who's right? <laughs> Who is right? Team Barnabas. Look. How about we say that Barnabas was right in saying, let's take Mark with us? How about we say Barnabas was right? First of all, Barnabas is Barnabas. He's the son of encouragement. That's what his name means, son of encouragement. Barnabas was actually the guy who was the, the one who came to Paul's, when he was Saul, to Saul's help when Saul first became a Christian and no one else trusted him because he used to be a terrorist. So Barnabas was the one who came and said, hey, this, is, this guy is great, listen to him. So Barnabas was that kind of encouraging kind of personality. And he was really someone that everyone looked up to. So he would surely understand if Mark would be the right person to take on this next mission trip or not. 
even if he backed, even if he missed, even if he ran off on them halfway through the last one, or actually just at the beginning of the last one. Um, second chance for Mark. Maybe that's Barnabas thought, you know what? Okay, John Mark, he did desert us. Now we're not told why. We don't know if he had malaria or if he missed his mummy or if or if it just got too hard for him. We don't know why, but we know that he left them as they went from, from um, Cyprus, they landed north on the mainland, and then he left them there and went back to Jerusalem. We don't know why. But um, maybe Barnabas wants to give him a second chance. Let's give him a go on this go. Let's, let's take him around where we went and show him the places that he missed out on. Maybe that's what Barnabas is thinking. Barnabas could have also thought to, uh, to himself and said to Paul, hey, look, you know what? Mark has matured. He's learned his lesson. You know, he, he had some disappointment from, from that, from leaving us last time, and he's matured. So Barnabas would be taking the uh, people-focused approach, saying, you know what, let's give him another go. And then Paul, Team Paul, all right, Team Paul, he was called as the apostle to the Gentiles. So it's actually, he's the boss of this mission to the Gentiles, so to speak. He's called as the apostle. God, Jesus came and met him in, in blinding light on the road to Damascus and said, I want you to be the one to go to the Gentiles. And so like everyone else should really just listen to what Paul has to say because Paul has the authority from Jesus, doesn't he? Paul, team Paul. Um, he also initiated this trip. Have a look in verse 36. How it started was, some time later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. So he's basically saying, let's go back to the gardens that we planted and pull out the weeds and, and, and encourage them and fertilize them and water them and see how they're going. So it was his idea to do this. So surely he could be the one who could say who could come or not. All right. Uh, also, yeah, he's very, um, he's very adamant that Mark deserted them once already. So what's stopping Mark from doing it again? And you know what? I think maybe Paul, like, you might kind of think him as like a headstrong bad guy almost. That's probably not the right way of putting it, but you know what I mean? Um, saying, look, Mark's deserted us already, so he's not coming again. But he might be thinking, well, remember that time we were in that place? I think it was Lystra. And I got stoned nearly to death. Mark wasn't there then, and wonder if he would have been if he didn't desert them back in Pamphylia and he kept going. I wonder if Mark would have actually died from physically getting stoned. Like maybe he's not ready for that personally, and he's still young. So maybe Paul's thinking, he, Mark deserted us once already. Um, maybe he's not ready for this again. Maybe, he's, maybe Paul's trying to save Mark's life. Who's right? Well, Paul or Barnabas? Show of hands for Barnabas. Oh, but two now. Show, oh, three. Show of hands for Paul. Yeah, see, show of hands for both of them. You see, um, I often say to the couples when doing the pre-marriage counselling, it's, it's not important to be right in the relationship as it is to be right in relationship. It's more important to be right in your relationship than to be right in the relationship. It's not about being right. Three reasons I think that this is actually written in the Bible. 
We shouldn't idolise our leaders. They make mistakes too. Don't they, teachers in the room? Someone, sorry. Sorry. Did what on purpose? What did I spell wrong? While you're at it, Josh, put another O on the two. Yeah, see, there's more mistakes. Oh my goodness, the closer you look, the more mistakes there are. And that's the point with leaders in leadership, because everyone's looking at them. And so it seems like they're actually making a lot of mistakes, because we're all looking at them. But how many mistakes do you make that no one looks at? But we shouldn't idolize our leaders. We shouldn't idolize them. They're just regular people. Paul and Barnabas were just regular people who had emotions and opinions, and they just seemed to clash at this particular time. It's weird because they'd just been on a mission for, for the last two years together. So they've gotten along with each other. They've learned each other's idiosyncrasies. Maybe Paul was the guy that had to clean up after Barnabas all the time. Or maybe Barnabas was the guy who had to clean up after Paul all the time. I don't know. But they'd gotten used to each other over two years. But they got to this point in this, um, in this passage we're looking at today where they decide to, to make another mission trip to go and check on the churches that it got to boiling point. They're not, they're not uh, perfect. They're just ordinary. And I think that's really important because what we do here at church is we don't follow Ian. We don't follow the Wesleyan Methodist Church. We don't follow the leaders of the Wesleyan Methodist Church. We don't follow the Pope. We don't, I mean, who's the boss of the Christian church? Regardless of the denomination, who is it? It's, yeah, it's, it's God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's his church and he's the boss. And so we idolize him. If that's the kind of right word, look, I'm not sure. <laughs> But yeah, we worship him. We don't, we don't worship. Everyone's just regular people. Leaders are regular. Second thing is we can trust the Bible to be true. <laughs> if, if the Bible is false and it's fabricated by, you know, 11 men who decided that, um, you know, Jesus actually did die, but they wanted everyone to believe that he came back to life again. And it was all a big trick. And they just, you know, they wrote the New Testament to try and trick people into believing that Jesus came back to life again. Why would they write some kind of mistake like this in their Bible? Like it's obviously helping to validate the truth of Scripture. We can read about a problem that people had. Like the church isn't perfect. Oh, wow. Why else would the Holy Spirit include this? Because um, it's true. The Bible can be trusted. Number three is God works in all things. This is just... This is just one disagreement that we see and one separation. It's a, it's a splitting of two key men who were who are evangelists, apostles, leaders, prophets, teachers, and they're split up. And we could, we could think, we could just look at that in a little tiny box and put a frame around it and say, that's a bad situation. But if you look at the, if you take that frame away and you read the rest of the story, you can see that God has actually worked in this and through these people, in their mistakes and failures, to actually do more things that glorify him and reach people for Jesus. Like Barnabas and Mark go down to, to Cyprus and work with people there, no doubt reach more people as well with the gospel. And so they spread. It's like the spider plants. You ever seen spider plants? They spread. They throw out one little thing over here and over there and they, they separate but they then continue to regenerate and develop. And likewise, that's how it works. 
Um, so yeah, we, we shouldn't idolize our leaders. We can, be tr- we can trust the Bible is true and God works in all things. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God, sorry, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who, are, who have been called according to his purpose. All right, so there's three reasons why I think this is written in our Bibles. And doesn't that encourage you to, like in your own disagreements? In your own disagreements, don't idolize, don't idolize the person you're disagreeing with. Just recognize that they're an ordinary person that makes mistakes. Maybe they can't spell properly. Maybe they don't realize that rolling up the toothpaste like that is wrong. Maybe, you know, just give them a break. Um, and that God works in all things. Because there's some disagreements that have happened in your life and my life, and I know about them, where you can't actually go back and change it. You can't really go back and make the other person do another thing. Like it's just, it just, it is what it is. It's a split is what a split is. A separation is what a separation. And sometimes you just have to say, I'm sorry, but you, you need to go your way and I need to go my way. But in it all, trust that God is still working. Like it might look like a bad situation and often it does. And I think that's why hindsight's good because you can sometimes look back and go, okay, even though that situation, that separation, that disagreement, whatever it was, was bad, um, God's still working. He's still stirring. He's still cooking something good. The next slide, please, Josh. Didn't work. All right. I got two tips for everyone to, to take home tonight. That's it. Real simple. Actually, while Josh is getting that, here's some scriptures to look up or take note of. Um, Mark, John Mark, who's the young boy, um, he actually ended up getting called by Paul to come and help with Paul in ministering to uh, people. Uh, so Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.11, and he said to, said to Tim, he said, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministering. So eventually Paul and Mark became good co-workers together. Right, he was commended by Paul to the church in Colossae in Colossians 4, verse 10. He says, Paul writes, My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. So they're friends again. Paul really sees something great in Mark. And Barnabas uh, also is encouraged by Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 6, where Paul writes, Barnabas should be paid for his work for the gospel, just as I am. All right. So two helpful tips. You've already read them. It's about being right versus it's about being right. That's for the teachers. (laughs) They're the same words, but you put in a full stop somewhere and a question mark somewhere else. It, it being in being in a relationship with somebody is not about being right it's about being right we are human beings we are human beings we don't have, we don't always have the right answer we don't always have the right response the right words and even if we take time to think and consider plans sometimes they fail and we get them mixed up But it's not about being right. It's about being. So you are more important 
you are more important. Um, the next slide is the second tip. So the first tip is it's not about being right, it's about being right. You're doing a great job, Josh. There's something wrong with the computer, but he can still get around it and fix it. The second helpful tip is, is my heart right? Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything, for everything you do flows from it. So when, when, not if, but when disagreement comes, remember, it's not about being right, it's about being, right? About being a child of God, about being a disciple of Jesus, about being the husband, about being the wife, about being yourself, about being the co-worker. Um, and is my heart right? I think that's really important because you will get offended. Some of us have longer toes than others and we're easily stepped on. It doesn't take much. But if, if you continue to ask yourself the question, is my heart right? Then that's a good help. Because the moment your heart isn't right, what can happen is bitterness creeps in and bitterness is a bit like a seed and it can grow roots and it can go deeper and it sticks and it's harder to pull out the older it gets, like any weed. Like that blackberry that you guys have in Victoria. Oh my goodness. With the spikes on it, you know the one I'm talking about? You pick it out when it's tiny. You don't wait till it's bigger. Oh my goodness, you use gloves. But is my heart right? Now, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. It's your responsibility to guard your heart because from it, for everything you do flows from it. Okay, Jesus said, out of, the, out of the mouth, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And also Psalm 139. Uh, I'll read it to you, actually, unless it's up there. No. Well, how about you guys turn to it? Psalm 139. You can just press your buttons on your phones and iPads. Verse 23, Psalm 139 and verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So checking your heart, guard, guarding your heart, making sure that your heart is right, first of all, before God. And I'm a firm believer that if your heart is right before God, first of all, then anyone can say anything, anyone can do anything, and it won't stick as much as it probably would if your heart isn't right before God. So do that first. And I think um, with Paul and Barnabas, I think their hearts were right. I think they realized that, um, you know, this, this disagreement that they were having with this particular man called Mark, John Mark, I think that they realized that, well, you know what? Let's just agree to disagree. 
Because what's more important right now is not being right, but being. And what were they being? They were being called by God to do something called mission. And so they got about doing the work. And that's important because if anyone, if any church is going to say yes to God, yes to God's call, then the devil will come in. If he can't do it from the outside with persecution, he will do it from the inside with, with disagreements and, and schisms and backfire, whatever the words are. You know what I mean? And he will try his best to bring that disagreement, that uh, separation. But if your heart's right, and I think Paul's and Barnabas's hearts were generally right in this, that they trusted that, you know what, even if we don't agree with each other, we agree with Jesus. So let's get to work. All right. So I want to leave that with you. I want to leave that actually just that's that uh, Romans 8.28 with you. I think that might help more than you think it does in disagreements and arguments and fights. So, yeah, you can't take anything out of this um, saucepan because um, hot things happen. People happen, and, and, it, and it does take time. Um, but God works in all things, in all things. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much that you are a missionary God, that you left, you left heaven and you crossed cultures. Thank you, Jesus, for being born in this, in this planet, becoming one of us, showing us what it means to live holy life. And thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, being buried and rising again to new life and being ascended to heaven. Thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit upon us, upon those who believe. And we just thank you, Lord God, that you're working. You're working not just in the things that bring a smile to our face, but you're also working through the things that make us sad, that break our hearts, that cause us to grieve and regret. You're working through our mistakes, not just others. Somehow, God, you are so powerful, you can do that. And Lord, thank you for this example in the Bible in Acts, where we can see you at work in these people's lives. And thank you, Lord, that um, you're able to reconcile their relationship. Lord, it's my prayer that you would help us, Lord, to reconcile the relationships that we've been fractured in, Lord. But if not, we trust that you're still working. And Lord, if we can't be right, we just want to be your disciples today. Help us to be... Yes, set on what you want us to do. Help us to um, remember that we are, um, yeah, your disciples. We're human beings. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.